0: This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Camp Brown. And this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. In the year 1512, a young man was serving as a professor in a university in Germany. He was a man of deep religious convictions. Having come from a monastery in the Roman Catholic Church, he had now been made a full professor. One day he was sent to Rome to transact some business with the Pope. It was with great joy that he started out on his journey since he believed with all of his heart that the Pope was absolutely the infallible vicar of Christ on the earth. But when this young man arrived in Rome, he found that there was much corruption in the church, and his faith was greatly shaken. Feeling very much filled with sin and in the need of his own personal forgiveness for his sins, he made his way to the cathedral and began climbing the sacred stairs. As the custom was, as he climbed each stair, he paused to kiss each step. As he did so, a verse of scripture began to burn itself into his mind. The scripture, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And it all began to make sense to him now. It was not by works, not by penance, not by going through certain ceremonies, but it was by faith that a person is made right with God. After serious reflection and consideration, this young man, whose name was Martin Luther, renounced his connections with the official church as he knew it, and he began preaching the doctrine of justification by faith. This doctrine of justification is one of those ideas that many of us steer away from. When you get into big words like that, some people say, now, I don't understand all about that deep doctrinal stuff. I think you preachers ought to stick to the old-time gospel. Well, this morning, that's exactly what I want to do, stick to the gospel. Justification by faith is right at the heart of the gospel, and it is one of the greatest truths that we can proclaim. This is also at the heart of what Jesus did for us. And so we're going to look today at this matter of justification by faith. What is justification? Well, let me use a definition by Dr. Herschel Ford. He said it this way, Justification is the act by which God declares a sinner just and righteous as if he had never sinned justification is more than a pardon a pardon frees a person only from the penalty of sin when we are justified we are also set free from the guilt and the blame there was once a man who had committed a crime against the state the governor of that state issued the man a pardon but this man did not uh, this did not mean that the man was innocent to begin with but rather it meant that he was pardoned for what he had done that was wrong. In one state several years ago, a man refused to receive a pardon which the governor offered him. He maintained that he was totally innocent of the crime with which he was charged, innocent from the first. And he told the governor that he wanted more than simply a pardon He wanted the governor to declare him entirely innocent. This is what God does for us through justification. It is as if we had never sinned to begin with. As far as God is concerned, we become spotless in his sight. Or as the hymn says, whiter than snow. Now, how does this work? How how are we justified? I know all this sounds a bit too wonderful to be true. Perhaps it's hard for you to accept the fact that you can be made innocent in God's sight. Maybe right now you're saying, you, you mean, preacher, that when God justifies me, I am completely innocent of sin? Yes, God forgives and forgets all our past sins. Now, let me hasten to say that this does not mean that we become sinless through justification we do not become perfect people. What it does mean is that our sins and the past, the guilt and the blame for our sins, all this is completely wiped out. Now let's go into this a little bit deeper. When we are completely forgiven for our sins, this does not mean that we are justified by what we do, by our works. Our text for today, is that very familiar passage from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Another very good verse, which closely parallels this, is Galatians 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I mentioned a moment ago that passage from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Let me read those two verses. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not by the works that we do that sets us right with God. Secondly, we'd say it's not by performing certain religious ceremonies. So many people, a lot of Protestant denominations included, are misled into thinking that we become right with God by what we can do for Him. If that were the case, then the most active person would be the most righteous I remember many years ago, I I heard somebody say that the most active thing in the barnyard was the chicken that had just lost its head. (laughs) Any of you maybe from an agricultural or farming background, you'd know what this means. When we used to go out and kill a chicken and uh, somebody would take all the feathers off and bring it in the house, and it'd be cooked. Well, when that chicken had its head lost, that was a very active chicken floundering around in the yard. So we're not justified by anything we can do in performing religious ceremonies or rites, no matter how good that may be. We're not justified by praying beautiful prayers, joining a church, attending church services, being baptized, whatever the form of baptism, that includes immersion even, not by partaking of the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the communion, not by being kind to others, all these things host of other things. We, we might say, that does, those things do not justify us in God's sight. Well, how does it work? How are we justified? It's by a free gift from God. Romans 3 verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There are too many people today who are trying to buy Their salvation. You cannot buy something that is not for sale. You cannot buy a gift. The very minute you pay for something, it's no longer a gift. It becomes a purchase. Yes, our salvation did cost something, but we could not pay the price. Jesus paid it all for us on Calvary. There was a preacher who was once trying to explain to a coal miner that salvation is a free gift from God. This man just could not seem to understand that preacher's ideas, however. One day the preacher accompanied this coal miner to his work in the mines. They were getting ready to descend several hundred feet by means of the company elevator. And the preacher said to the miner, How much is this ride down going to cost me today? (laughs) <laughs> the miner smiled and replied, Preacher, this is not going to cost you anything. The preacher said, Oh, no, that's too cheap. I don't want to ride on any elevator that didn't cost anything to build. Cheap, said the miner. I'll have you know this elevator costs many thousands of dollars. My company paid for it to get us men down to our work. Oh, said the preacher, I understand now. It doesn't cost me anything but it did cost somebody else a great price. The preacher was then able to explain to the man that this is the way it is when we receive our salvation. It cost God all he had, his only son, Jesus. But he gives salvation to us as a free gift if we will just be willing to accept it freely. Let me say another thing about this matter of being justified it's an instantaneous thing. We are justified immediately. It's an instantaneous act. We don't have to wait for a certain period of time to be justified. When the judge says to a person in a courtroom, I declare you now innocent. You're hereby acquitted. This does not mean that the person has to wait in jail for a week or two before he's set free. No, that person is immediately released. God justifies us at the very moment that we come to Him in genuine sorrow for our sins, seeking His forgiveness. In one of our hymns, one old gospel song, we sing, only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now. We might very well put the emphasis on the word now, there's, there's no waiting period. We don't have to take a number and have a seat in God's waiting room. God forgives just as soon as we let him forgive. And he's been ready to forgive all the while. That forgiveness comes immediately. Now let's look at another matter. This regards the conditions for being justified. There are those who might try to argue their way into salvation. Some person says, well, if we're not saved through our works, then I suppose I can live pretty much the way I please and God will still forgive me. Is that right? No. This is to miss the the point entirely. We're not to continue in sin willfully so that God's grace may abound the condition for forgiveness is that we are truly sorry for our sins some people try to reform their lives before they come to god they they say well i i need to clean my life up first i've heard that many times preacher i need to get my i need to quit doing this or that i need to get better i need to get good enough to come to god's presence they say and these people say they plan in the future to make everything right with God, but first they want to enjoy life a little while. Then they're gonna straighten up their lives and come to God for salvation. Oh, how foolish that line of thought is. In the sight of God, there is no person who can straighten up his life to the point that it will be acceptable to God. Suppose there's a person, some person, maybe let's just say a, a very poor, miserable wretch who comes to your door at your house pitifully begging for some scraps of food that you may have left over from a meal. You see that person's shabby clothes, hunger written all over his face, and you take pity on him, giving him what food you can find in the house. The next day, let's say a different man comes to your door, and he claims likewise to be hungry, needing a meal that you might give him, But as you look at this second man, you see that he's dressed in good clothes, he's wearing sparkling diamonds on his fingers, he has new shoes, he's clean cut, his hair is perfectly combed, and you're shocked. And so you say to this man, listen, fella, you you mean you want food from me? And you came here seeking free food? And we'll say the man replies, yes, you're right, I'm hungry but I thought that if I would fix myself up before I came, I could present myself to you in a better way. Maybe you'd come closer to giving me some food. Well, in spite of all this man has done, you'd probably refuse to give him any food, wouldn't you? Isn't that just as foolish in the sight of God for us to say, Lord, I'm going to accept your free gift of salvation, but first let me do what I can to fix myself up. Let me clean my life up first. You can go to God's door and brag about your goodness and your righteousness. You can make an eloquent plea for your salvation, but God is forced to say no to you. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Venice, Italy is a city of waterways and canals those of us who've been there know that the city has just got water everywhere instead of streets a lot of it over one of these canals is a bridge called the bridge of size s-i-g-h-s this bridge leads from a courtroom to a dismal prison in this prison are placed guilty criminals oftentimes to spend the rest of their lives there and written over the door of this prison are these words abandon hope all ye who enter here I can just imagine a man being led over this bridge he has kissed his loved ones goodbye he's looking into the sunlight for the last time his heart is filled with grief and despair and when he's halfway across that bridge the man is called back where he came from, by a court attendant who rushes up to him and says, wait, wait right where you are. I have a complete acquittal for you here in my hand. Can you imagine the happiness of that man as he straightens his shoulders now and new light comes to his eyes? He's a free man. Why? He has been justified this is what God can do for any person who will let him. But this justification comes only to those who will let God have their lives, to those who are willing to come to the place where they can turn loose, to those who are willing to turn the will, the care of their lives over to God. So before we stop today, let me ask a question, a probing question. Have you been trying to get to heaven by bargaining with God? Now's the time to stop that process, to cast yourself at the feet of God who loves you more than you could ever imagine and who offers to you mercy, pardon, forgiveness, and justification. Will you surrender to Him and receive the greatest blessing, the greatest joys that your life has ever experienced. Oh God, we pray that any person who's listening to my voice right now may be willing to come to that place where we say, yes, God, I want you to take over the control of my life. I turn it over to you. My way's not working. Please forgive me for my sin. Thank you for letting Jesus die on that cross to cleanse me from every sin. I give my life to you, Lord, and I thank you for loving me as you do and giving me salvation and justifying me, not because I deserve it, because I don't, but because of your love for me. My prayer I offer, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus, your Son, now my Savior. Amen.